This is Rumble with Michael Moore, episode 84, uh, brought to you today um, on our emergency podcast system, uh, something we use uh, rarely uh, and only when we need to bring your attention to something very critical that's happening right now in the moment, uh, something that maybe we all need to act on. Um, the What we were going to do on the regular uh, scheduled podcast today was to talk to you about something else that is um, uh, not as serious about what we're going to talk about right now, but but definitely serious enough to our freedom of speech and freedom of expression, um, which is the fact that we are now in day five um, of our movie, a movie I executive produced, Planet of the Humans, which has had over uh, nearly eight and a half million viewers on my free uh, YouTube channel. Um, it has been taken down. It has been uh, blacked out uh, from uh, not by YouTube uh, itself, but, but from an outside attack from uh, people that don't like the movie. And uh, instead of having the debate with us, uh, they've been working for about 30 plus days trying to um, take the movie down, uh, get it blocked, uh, stop the public from seeing what we've been um, showing people about the fight against uh, climate uh, change, climate crisis. But uh, we'll do that tomorrow. Um, I will have the filmmakers on and we will tell you what has happened and how in a country with a first amendment and free speech uh, that this, that this could happen to a movie and that it actually are, if you go to my YouTube channel and look for planet of the humans, you'll get a black screen um, so this has just been an awful fight we've been having uh, this past uh, week or actually weeks uh, against the so-called um, uh, green capitalists, the, the eco-industrial complex that does not want you to see our film. Um, so um, tomorrow, tomorrow, um, please check in with uh, Rumble and um, we will be posting um uh, what will be almost a virtually live uh, segment here, uh, episode here with the filmmakers of Planet of the Humans. But I, I want to get to what is happening today in the United States of America. And I, um, maybe some of you like me could not um, turn the TV off late last night um, because of what was happening in Minneapolis. And um, the people rose up. And uh, all this is all as a result of, I'm sure you know by now, the murder of George Floyd, uh, an African-American man um, who uh, was suspected of paying for something with a $20 bill that didn't look make, like it was a real $20 bill. So they called the police. And for nine minutes, this one particular officer, with the help of three other officers, but this one individual, put his knee on the man's neck with his face into the cement and pressed it so hard uh, for uh, nine minutes, roughly nine minutes. Uh, he killed the man, friggin' murdered him in plain sight. People all around watching this, nobody daring to interrupt the police with their guns uh, in, in stopping. And so they had to witness as bystanders I was talking to Cornell West about this last night. And 
he's he is i'll let him speak for himself i'm sure he's gonna write or or say something about this but said the fact that you know when he when he was a young man back in the 60s the police never could have done this to a black man in the in the community and have when, when there's a crowd of people standing there would personally they wouldn't be standing by and he said this is what's happened to us they've turned us they've turned us all into bystanders wow and his voice just lowered it, it was painful to hear the defeat in his voice and like and a few hours later People in Minneapolis had no longer decided to no longer be bystanders, and and uh, and it wasn't just the black community. There were many, many white people, young people out there with them protesting. Um, and I just, you know, I, I mean, I woke up this morning. Uh, I, I and I, I got to sleep. <laughs> I got a few hours sleep in me, and I woke up, and I turned on cable news. And I could not believe that the four killer cops, the, the one with the knee to the neck and the three who enabled him and helped him and just stood there and didn't stop it. In fact, some of them looked like they were also pressing down on the man's body to hold him still during his lynching, a lynching without a rope, lynching by knee, cut off cut off his breathing tube to dig into his to his main artery on the side of his neck to kill him like an animal I woke up this morning and the news says that these killer cops are still on the loose in Minneapolis they murdered George Floyd on Monday this is Friday and these killer cops are still not behind bars and the prosecutor said, "You know, we don't, uh, you know, we don't know all the facts yet. <laughs> you know, what what facts do you need when you have eyeballs? You've witnessed the murder. As far as I'm concerned, the the, the prosecutor is now a lawbreaker. He's a lawbreaker by letting, knowingly letting, these killers run free." He is enabling them. He's assisting them. If you or I were to assist somebody who had murdered somebody, what would happen to us? We'd be arrested. Not the prosecutor, though. Well, and not the attorney general. The attorney general still saying that he's gathering all the facts. His name is Keith Ellison. This is a Really good guy. He's a friend of mine. He's the first, he was, the, I think, believe the first Muslim elected to the U.S. Congress a number of years ago. He represented Minneapolis in the U.S. Congress and then decided he wanted out. We were, we both had worked on the Bernie campaign and uh, supported Bernie in 2016. And then, you know, both have been surrogates for him out there talking for the, so he decided to run for attorney general. Um, a couple years ago, got elected, and he's still sitting on his hands. As I record this, I mean, I'm hoping by the time you hear this, you've already heard on the news that he's that he's got off his ass. 
he or the prosecutor or both of them had done something. But the fact that he's done nothing, that he's, that he's saying, well, you know, we're gathering the facts because we want an airtight case. Well, okay, that, yes, yes, do that. But you don't, when someone commits a crime and the criminal is running away, in the case, this case, the cops, running to the safety of their homes, you don't say, well, no, we can't arrest them yet. Yes, I know. I just saw him kill somebody, but we can't arrest them because, well, you know, we have to get all the facts straight and we got to make sure we have an airtight case. And No, no. What happens? You're there. You arrest. You witness a killing. You arrest the killer. You put them immediately in jail. They have habeas corpus rights, which means you've got 72 hours to charge them or let them go. Attorney General Keith Ellison, my friend, you are colluding now. That is what you're doing. By doing nothing, you could stop the violence in Minneapolis in the next five minutes. What's the main demand of the, of the protesters? Arrest the murderers. Well. You need to do that, Attorney General Ellison. You need to arrest the cops. You need to arrest the prosecutor who's enabling the cops. And if you do nothing, then you need to immediately resign and turn your own self in. Like I said, Keith, I consider you a friend. But <laughs> I guess as I've, um, have I, as I've shown lately, <laughs> Uh, by me releasing this film and speaking up up to my my green friends, some of them sellouts. I think all of them Bernie supporters, and I think some of them Bernie surrogates. I've raised my voice against them and how they've led us into defeat regarding the climate crisis. That is not fun. I. I'm sickened, but I cannot remain silent. Even if you're my friend, I will speak forcefully, forcefully against you. If you do wrong. And I am speaking now against you, Attorney General Keith Ellison, for letting these killer cops remain free four whole days later. I want to believe by the time this podcast is over, You've done something about this because I'll tell you what, I need you to know this. And I, I guess I want to share maybe the people, maybe you who are listening to the podcast already know this about me. You've already figured this, this part out about me, but I like millions of you, we owe no allegiance to anyone or anything, but the truth. If you do the wrong thing, if you break the law, if you take the loot, if you drink the Kool-Aid, we will speak up. White, white people of Minnesota, by allowing your leaders to take no action in arresting these murderers, you have told the world quite clearly that police murder of black people is okay. In Minnesota. I'm sorry, that's the only message you're sending out 
Oh, and, and it's not just Minnesota. We all know that, right? You people, you white people in Georgia, you know what your message was? Hunting and murdering a black jogger is cool. <laughs> How long did that go after he was hunted down and shot by one of them, an ex-police officer? I th- didn't it go through one or two prosecutors that said, yeah, yeah, nothing wrong here. Nothing wrong. Then the video came out. Thank God for this technology, right? Oh, my God. This is the worst thing. This technology, it's the worst thing to happen to those in power, to those who enforce the so-called laws of those in power. Boy, they must rue the day. <laughs> that Apple or whoever thought somebody was sitting in a room somewhere out in Silicon Valley and said, you know what would be really cool? You know, we, we finally we got people to carry a phone in their pocket. Like nobody ever thought that would happen. What if we put a camera in the phone? I would have loved to have been there that day. Whoever that that woman, that guy was that brought up that idea. It's like they were probably had a whole like a brainstorm day. What should we put in the phone? You know, could we could we could the, could the phone do barbecue? Could we put a rotisserie set in there? Um, you know, is is there what else? What could we put inside a phone in people's pocket? And they finally decided on a camera. And I think that camera may end up saving a lot of lives. I certainly hope so. So far, so far, all it does is show you the killing in the after, the after effects of it. Oh, by the way, people in Kentucky, white people in Kentucky. Right? Brianna, Brianna Taylor is her name. This past month, cops, the cops there breaking into her home in the middle of the night and, and putting eight bullets in her. You know what Brianna did for a living? She was a first responder. They killed a first responder in the middle of the night in her own home. Mistaken address on a on a drug raid is what they said. Yeah. Well, you know the message, Kentucky, that you send to the world? This is a beautiful thing that we literally can break into the home of a black woman who's also a first responder and blow her away. If you are white and you're remaining silent, continuing to remain silent over this, and you know as a white person you've watched this your whole life, this is nothing new. And you know, as a white person, as I do, the privilege that we've had. Thank God we were born white, right? Yeah, that thought's gone through your head once or twice, hasn't it? Because the door opens just a little easier. Or it's already open. And you don't have to worry when, when little Jimmy, your boy, leaves the house, goes out on the street, goes for a jog, goes for a drive. Don't have to worry about any of that. It's walking through a store. Nobody's following him. White people listening to this know this. We are. We all know this. We don't want to talk about it too much because it's pretty disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> well, I want to say this to my fellow white people. Your silence, my silence, well, I'm not silent. 
but silence equals you condoning these actions. And quit calling what's going on in Minneapolis or any of these other cities last night. There looked like about a dozen cities. Don't call them riots. That's a racist word. It's not a riot. Wake up. This is a rebellion going on this week. This is a citizen's rebellion. This is self-defense. The protesters, the protesters, they're not out there. They're not out there killing the murdering cops. In fact, last night, they waited until all the police were safely out of the third precinct headquarters, where I believe most of these cops operated out of. They waited. They let them, they let them all leave and get out of there. And then they burned the place down. I was up. I watched, I watched it live. Anybody else happen to see it live? Well, millions did. Millions saw it or that you woke up this morning and you watched it. And I think people watching it, if you're African-American, if you're Hispanic, if you're, if you're a decent white person, I think people felt a, a huge sense <clears throat> of something watching that police station burn. Nobody wants it to get to that, right? And yet, while you're watching it burn, your brain flashes back to this poor man struggling, calling out to his mother his final words. Mama. His deceased mother. Mama. Mama. I can't breathe. And then you're watching the police precinct burn down. Mama. Mama. <sighs> but actually, let's just be clear about this. The protesters are the ones who believe in nonviolence against their fellow human beings. Harm no one. Not even a dirty, murdering white cop. No. Do not harm them. They didn't harm them. The police are the killers, not the protesters. Over and over again, <clears throat> the police kill. Now I know you're, some of you are saying, no, well, not all the cops. Of course not all the cops. You know, I'll go so far as to say the majority of cops are, you know, probably pretty decent people. And certainly if you've ever needed a cop, um, well, you're glad they're there and you're grateful and you've thanked them. But I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it anymore because the good cops know the bad cops, witness the bad cops, see what they do. This cop with a knee to the neck, the cop's knee, that cop, what, what did I hear last night? 18 citizen complaints against him. Two of them, I believe, resulted in some kind of suspension or discipline. They already know this guy. So if you're a good cop and you're silent, then you are not a good cop. All of us, if we just stand by and we just watch, this isn't, isn't going to fix it. We must all rise up. We must revolt peacefully. 
and we must peacefully remove Trump in a few months. White people, here is your, our chance to take a stand against these 401 years. That's how long it's been since the first slave ship landed in Virginia. 401 years of oppression, suffering, slavery, rape, child kidnapping, imprisonment, mass imprisonment, voter suppression, officially sanctioned murder, shit schools, the lowest of low wages, plus piss-poor jobs, the dismemberment of the black family. If this doesn't finally stop now, today, tomorrow, this week, soon, now, then I don't really want to continue on here talking about how I think this is really going to end. The president, well, he's already he's already weighed in on how he wants it to end. He wants to quote shoot these quote thugs. That's what he wrote on Twitter. <sighs> when those white guys with their big-ass assault weapons occupied the state capitol building this month in Michigan and Wisconsin. That was okay, though. No arrests. They literally they shut down the legislature. They had to call off the, the next day of legislature in, in Michigan. Shut it down with their guns, threatening with their guns. That's okay. No arrests. No problem. What would happen today if a group of black men and women in Minnesota decided to carry as many unloaded assault weapons as they could into the state capitol across the river from Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota? Well, what do you think would happen to them walking into the state capitol building in St. Paul, Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, um, and by the way, um, um, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. If, if you are black and you have guns, please do not walk into the state capitol building in St. Paul. I, um, we already know what the outcome will be. Um, we know it because, well, we all know that we live in the racist states of America. And white people, you know, we so wanted to believe that we were done with that. We elected a black president. You know, African-Americans make up only 13% of the population. There's no way Obama could get elected with just black voters. So it was so exhilarating, wasn't it, to see how many white people were able to push past their past, their racism, um, whatever whatever their issues were, push past that and put him into the White House. Wow. So many of us um, were so moved that night that that happened and thinking that our fellow Americans, maybe, 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 now we can start to really fix things 
for Black America. And that, uh, that didn't really happen. The mass incarceration continued. And not just against Black Americans, Brown Americans, Latino people, rounded up and shipped back to Mexico during the Obama years. He did some good things. And I still think he's a good guy. And I still love him. In spite of what he didn't do for Flint in the water situation. I don't get to have my way very often. So we keep plugging away, right? We keep we keep motoring on. Keep trying to move that ball down the field. And I maintain, strangely enough, this weird optimism that real change can happen. And it can start right now. White, white people, white Americans, you hold the cards. It's dealer's choice. What are you going to do today to make your voice heard? Trump is trying to wind this thing up. Trump has been encouraging potential violence for this upcoming election. He's openly thinking about postponing it, canceling it. He's already started his, 19, his uh, 2016 routine of it's all rigged. It's all rigged. Don't believe the results. <laughs> Don't, he's saying that because he knows he's going to lose or he feels like he's going to lose. He should lose. The polls say that he's going to lose, but the polls said that Hillary was going to win too. So, you know, we're all taking that with a grain of salt. Where does this go? What do you and I do today? <laughs> and we're in lockdown. We're in partial lockdown. We're in some, wherever you are, you're in some kind of, you're taking it easy and you're being very careful, aren't you? Because you don't want to get this virus. It's very hard. We can't, we can't all go to the airport today and fly to Minneapolis. What can we do in our own town? What can we do to make life better for our fellow citizens, our, our African-American citizens, our Latino citizens? What can we do? What can we do? We who've had the privilege of not having to worry about a lot of things. And, and I know that's not true for all white people because I know I come from Flint. So I, I, you know, Flint is a city of, of now of it's, it's, you know, I think 55% black, 45% white and the 45% of the white people, the ma the majority of them live in poverty. So um, this is a class thing too, because those in power, Oh, they for years, decades, centuries have wanted, have wanted white people, have manipulated white people, held out a carrot to white people, if they would um, attack black people, lied to white people about how they've got it so much better, and you know how how a lie works. The good lies that work are the ones that are kind of partially, at least, true. Because majority of white people have had it better. I don't, that statistic that came out this year, I'm sorry to, I'm, I'm going to not quote it, but it is something so outrageous when it, 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 they, 
they did a, a study, a survey to find out what is the wealth of the average American. In other words, what do you own? You own your car, you might own your house, or you at least have uh, you know some principal that you own. Maybe you've got a little bit of money in the bank. But it was a crazy number. It was something like the average white family, their their average wealth was it was over a hundred thousand dollars. It was definitely six figures. It might have been, it might have even been two hundred thousand, but it was definitely a hundred thousand. And the average black family, oh my God. I mean, again, you can look this up, but you'll get the gist of it. It was some outrageous number, like the average black black family, like actual wealth that they held in their hands right now was something like maybe six thousand dollars compared to white people at a hundred thousand. Um, and, and, and I'll, I'll post this later on my site. I'll get the right numbers for you, but it's, it's something like that. It's, uh, you know, and I'm not telling any of my black listeners something they don't already know. <laughs> so wrong. And we really won't fix anything until we fix these big things. You're going to have to help me out here. You're going to have to figure out what you have to do today. I just, I really, I, I got up this morning. I thought about this for a while. I watched the latest news, watched them arrest the black CNN reporter and his crew. There's a white CNN reporter like a couple blocks away. They don't touch him at all. His name is Josh. No offense, Josh. Didn't mean to mock your name. It's just a good white. And, uh, um, and, <laughs> Two blocks later, the two there's like there's this there's a black reporter. Hermanez was his last name. Omar 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 Hermanez. And um they literally arrested him right while he was doing a live report. And he's trying to explain to them, I'm live on CNN, I'm a reporter. He's showing them his credentials. They haul him away. And then they arrest his crew and it's all on camera until the, until the camera as they're arresting the cameraman drops to the ground and it goes sideways. <clears throat> and all you can see are the legs of the crew who are all in shorts. And of course the legs are black. <laughs> you knew that before the camera hit the ground, what it was going to show you. You, could, you couldn't see the cameraman until he dropped the camera and then you see his legs. Um, it, um, none of this is new. So it's really incumbent upon those of us, whether we make our voices heard online, whether we make our voices heard by writing to our elected representatives, um, but maybe we do it by promising the people, the people who run the state of Minnesota that, uh, we won't be visiting their state anytime soon until they fix this problem. Because it's it's a big problem, you know. It's not you. I mean, if you follow the news the last few years, the the um, the the, the uh, Castillo, I think was his name, was the person who was killed in the car. Remember, he was just pulled over, and the his his girlfriend filmed the police shooting him. And um, and Jamal Clark. I mean, there's a there's a history here in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. Minnesota nice is what they like to call themselves. Mm. Okay. Well, here's something maybe nice we can do. Fuck them. 
don't go there. Don't contribute to their economy. I don't know. I'm just talking off the top of my head here. But I think there are things that we need to figure out what we can do. But not just about Minneapolis and not just about Minnesota. What we need to do in our own workspace, whether it's it's at our school, when we're back at school, when we're back to work, maybe it's our neighborhood, maybe it's whatever it is locally that we haven't done to fix this problem, commit to fixing it. Voting for Obama is not enough. We have to fix this. Um, thank you for listening to this. I wanted to get this up out quickly on our emergency podcast system. And, um, and I want to encourage you to become aware of what's going on and to figure out how you, your friends, your family uh, can act on not just what's happening in Minneapolis this week, but on this recurring problem of where we have put our African-American citizens and where they remain to this day. And I will not live in a country that does this to people of color. I refuse to live in a country that does this. And as I've said many times before, I'm not leaving. So if I won't live in a country that does this and I'm not leaving, then we've got a problem. I'll do what I can do. You do what you can do. Thank you for listening uh, to Rumble here today. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the censorship and the banning of our film and our fight uh, to get it back up so that people can watch the movie in an alleged free society. I'm Michael Moore. Be well. Be safe. Thank you.